Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Divide and Conquer, the story of Roger Ailes, deftly fuses the personal, the political, and the just plain surreal as it charts the origins and rise and fall of Fox News Chairman and CEO Roger Ailes. He was a key advisor for over a half a century to President Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, and George H.W. Bush. In that, in during that time and after the administration of George H.W. Bush, Ailes and Rupert Murdoch's fashioned Fox News into a ratings powerhouse with more viewers than any of its competitors and into an institution that has shaped the political landscape in America for the last 20 to 25 years. We're joined today by the director and producer of a wonderful new documentary called Divide and Conquer, the story of Roger Ailes, and that would be Alexis Bloom. Alexis, welcome to Film School. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Now tell me a little bit about the origins of the of your project to do this documentary about, about Roger Ailes. It could not be more timely coming out as it is uh, this week, but tell me a little bit about where the origins of the story came from for you. Well, we always knew that Roger was important. He was a fascinating figure on the New York sort of media scene and I live in New York and he was always a subject of you know fascination because he is this very powerful very successful bombastic slightly thuggish um, man who has had a profound impact on shaping political discourse in America so we, he, he was always sort of on our radar. Initially, Alex Gibney and I talked about doing a film about Rupert Murdoch, and we sort of kicked the, kicked the tires on that one. But it soon became apparent that if you were going to look at Rupert Murdoch's influence, at least in the United States, that would center primarily around Roger Ailes, mm-hmm. because Roger Ailes was the powerhouse behind Fox News. So when uh, Gretchen Carlson launched her suit, it seemed like a fine time to start doing some reporting because for the first time there was a chink in the armor. You know, for the first time there might be people who would be willing to talk about him and we proceeded. I mean, we, you know, he was alive when, when, when we started this film mm-hmm. and things changed. He died over the course of making the film or pretty early on. The Me Too movement took off and all of these things. But, you know, primarily we were interested in him as a psychological portrait and also in terms of his his impact in, in shaping American culture. Yeah. Well, he started out as a producer on, an, on a show called The Mike Douglas Show. It was an afternoon talk show. Was, and he obviously learned the value during his time as a producer there, the value of packaging things, uh, whether it be, you know, a singer coming on to talk about a new album or uh, someone coming on to talk about a new movie. He was able to, he obviously learned the lesson of packaging information in an entertaining way. Um, Do you think this is really where a lot of his 
influence came from? Was this knack for understanding how to deliver a message? I think it came from a number of places. I mean, Mike Douglas was certainly where he started, and it was seminal in terms of his uh, career and in, in shaping his understanding of TV. You know, it was kind of a tough show. You uh, had a had a you had it on every day. A lot of guests. It wasn't for shirkers, um, and he learned a lot about camera angles, how to get people on and off stage, how to sort of market them effectively. But you know, he also learned the power of communicating the message in politics. He was a writer of political slogans, mm-hmm. you know, adverts and everything, and I, I, you know, distilling what someone wanted to say or what he thought they should say um, to the public in order to get them to win. So, you know, he, he had, he honed his craft over his life. I mean, he also had a stint uh, in New York doing plays, which unfortunately we didn't get to include in our film because there's just so much information, you, you know, you can you can put in yeah. and it's not an exhaustive biography, but he did a um, production called The Hot L Baltimore about a hotel of down and outs, which did really well, sort of reprobates and misfits and kind of not really who you would think was Ailes's crowd, kind of lefty, you know, misfits. Mm-hmm. And it did, it did really well. And then he did a play called Mother Earth about um, the apocalypse and about you know the fact that it was like climate change we're killing the earth again not what you would think Ailes would gravitate towards but um, that didn't do so well so he sort of dabbled in entertainment over the course of his life I think both that and politics got him to where he was in the end with Fox yeah one of the things that I've been struck about um, having sort of been around Roger Ailes and certainly understood the impact that he's had on American politics is he's able, it seems to me he's someone who's been able to encapsulate or distill down a certain kind of grievance, politics, anger, and able to channel that very effectively, to deliver that message very effectively. Do you is this something that in your in the course of making this film that you felt like uh, is there was there something if if that is in fact a correct premise yeah do, do you know where that came it from is. do do you under do you sort of grasp what, why he was able to first of all effectively do that but secondly where did this come from it must have come from within him because it seems so easy for him to to harness this kind of a yeah. message. Well, I mean, you have to look at the fact he wasn't from kind of a prosperous family in Los Angeles or something. You know, he was from a very working class family in in Warren, Ohio. And Warren, Ohio is, you know, one of those tragic tales of a town that was glorious in its inception. You know, uh, the first incandescent streetlights in America were in Warren, Ohio. It was, uh, it had, you know, wonderful department stores, a great town square. You know, people who grew up there in the 40s and 50s were incredibly proud of being from Warren. And it was, it was well off and, um, you know, a, a kind of beautiful, shining example of of, of America and, and success. And, you know, after the industrial decline and the closing of steel and ironworks there and tire factories and, you know, the forces of globalization, really, that which his father mainly blamed on the trade unions, mm. um, sort of giving to Roger uh, sort of, you know, a, 
a distrust of, of organized labor and of Democrats in general. Um, you know, Warren became this desolate place, and it is still today. It's a very sad place. Unemployment is incredibly high. Mm. People describe it as a ghost town. So he does understand the the, the frustration and the and the sort of alienation of a certain part of America because he's he's like he's from there. Yeah, you know, I've always thought that while I don't agree with the politics of. Fox News and of Roger Ailes and Rupert Murdoch, I understand it because, I, in my opinion, they're right. Those people who who basically were all in on the American dream, who believed it to be the way that everyone had an opportunity to it. If you work hard enough, if you do the right things, you and your family will be better off today, tomorrow than they are today. And that those were all true, but it always seemed like this was a misplaced anger. They were blaming a, like a trade union. The trade union doesn't yeah. have the power to impact that level of economic devastation on the country. It's just, yeah. but I understand the rage because they did what they were told to do. They and, and yet at the same time, at the end of the day, they were not better off. They were in some way they felt lied to, and in many ways they were they were right. I, I totally agree with you, and the, and the grievances are real. Yes, I just don't think that the the prescription is um, is effective. You know, it, it sort of it's like this old snake oil salesman. You know, it's kind of like, oh, I know, I know what, I know what what your malady is, but uh, let me prescribe this to you, and it's going to make it all better. And it just isn't. Building a wall with Mexico just isn't going to make it all better. Right. Or, you know, saying that Obama, you know, is not American or is out to just destroy America in some way just does it doesn't make it all better. Right. It might give shape to the incohate, if you know what I mean. There's yeah. the shapeless frustration, and I think Fox and Roger was was particularly good at giving giving shape to something that people couldn't articulate right. he gave them something to hate you right. know right well right and i think that's the genius of fox news and roger ailes is that they have they've given a very simple set of explanations to a very complex set of problems and right. challenges yeah i mean it's that and it's also you know the packaging of fear with you know hot babes you know you can't forget right. that part of it it's sort of you know mm -hmm. the only thing that stands between you and the apocalypse apes <laughs> no it's true yeah. it is so true and again I, I want to remind our listeners that we're uh, speaking with alexis bloom she's the director of a new film called divide and conquer the story of roger ailes and I know I sort of leapfrogged ahead into our discussion about Fox News, but it's hard to stay away from that because for all the things that Roger Ailes did before Fox News, what he did with Fox News dwarfs everything. And that includes really helping to elect Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, George W. George H. W. Bush, and, and to today, Fox News could not have been more instrumental in the election of our current president, Donald J. Trump. They, they would. He would not be president were it not for Fox News. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, the, it takes many things to make a president. I think Hillary's campaign certainly didn't help, and right. you know, there's 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 lots of other factors. But um, Roger gave Donald Trump a political platform, 
he was famous for being a real estate mogul and a reality star, right, right. but he wasn't famous for his political or economic views until he went on Fox and was given the opportunity to opine about, you know, the economy, interest rates, education, immigration, you know, basically everything that Obama did reflexly, you know, in a, in a, in a reflex, he was against and was given a platform to do that, you know, every Monday in a call-in show and then across all the all the platforms and across all the, the big hosts. Mm. It was very chummy with them. So, I mean, that is key. You have to pivot from, you know, like as much as Kanye West says that he's going to, you know, be the next president, you know, with that, he's not known for his... Uh, <laughs> His grasp on economic matters. I mean, honestly, if Fox News put him on, and you know, I don't know that that's that's actually that makes my mind melt. <laughs> but um, it does it does take the benediction of Fox to get someone on the Republican ballot. Right. Well, again, I, let me clarify because I agree with everything you just said uh, that Hillary ran a terrible campaign. She was the, the sort of a, uh, a status quo candidate when much of the country left and right. We're looking for someone who was definitively different. People, for, people now sort of forget that the most admired and respected politician to this day was Bernie Sanders during the during that entire campaign. Donald Trump was admired for because he tapped in. He tapped into something that was real. The, the, the anger that we talked about earlier, the anger, the resentment, the feeling that they're the country that a lot of white Americans grew up with was 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 going away and they couldn't stop what was happening so there was that part of it and this is where roger ailes again his his genius really his ability to make these complex issues seem very straightforward black and white is really what helped so much of what happened in 2016. yeah i agree I mean, you know, and he wrote this book. It's an extraordinary book called um, I Am the Message, yeah. uh, uh, where he he distills how you control the atmosphere, how to present yourself. You know, he's the, he's a, it was, it was one of the first self-help books, but it was for heads of corporations and politicians and people seeking positions of power, basically. How, how do I portray power and control things and appear likable and all of that stuff and you know he was he was a pro at that oh yeah he was he was definitely that well the film and again i want to talk about the sort of the the illuminating nature of the film divide and conquer the story of roger ailes it's you've you've told this story in a way that i really admire how you you have a lot of people in the film who either were at Fox News or currently at Fox News or are in that orbit. And what what I thought was well-balanced about your, your approach to telling his story was you allowed all of those people in, in an unfettered way to describe the complexity of Roger Ailes, what he was, what the, the, the force of nature that he was, the intelligence, all of the things that he was able to fashion, an entirely new kind of news network, an entirely new way of telling America what was going on in ways that are obviously resonate with people. So there's something to be admired in that sort of 
in sort of that uh, demonic <laughs> version of, yeah. of America that he's been able yeah. to sort of uh, showcase. But at the same time, it's between the interviews in, in this film, Divide and Conquer, that we see much of a more real story of Roger Ailes. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, you, you see, for instance, what he did in his free time. Right. I mean, Cold Spring, New York, where he had a country house. Right. You know, he... he Oh, you know, he he took over the local paper and tried to influence the local election. And when the copywriter, who is just nothing if not kind and thoughtful, left the newspaper, yeah. um, you know, he pursued her and hacked into her Facebook account and called up her friends. And that that stuff to me is the is the most revealing because it shows what he does outside of his professional realm if that's what makes sense you know in yes. his free time yes like what does the guy do when he's not at work right well the, we're in, again in that situation where he moves into this idyllic town this one room news operation and decides that that he wants to take control he wants yeah. he wants to win i think i think that's another element in the film that comes out that roger ailes it is reflective of our politics today. Win at all costs. Win the argument. Yeah. Win the news cycle. Win today. Win. Yeah. Win politically. Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah, it? that's true. I mean, you know, there, there was only winning and losing for him, and he didn't want to lose. Um, you know, and he said he says in our film we use a bit of his kind of uh, his own words where he says, you know. If you think you're a victim, you'll become a victim. And if you, you know, believe you're a winner, you'll be a winner. You know, it's sort of fear force of will, yeah. basically. You can feel it. Yeah. And, you know, he had to have that fear force of will because he was pretty incapacitated for much of his life. You know, with hemophilia, with chronic arthritis. You know, he got very overweight then because he couldn't exercise and, you know, all of that stuff. And, and I, 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 it didn't come easy to him, you know. Mm-hmm. His body was rebelling against him and it was sheer force of will. He got up every day and, and, and fought, basically. Mm. Yeah, let me ask you, uh, uh, Alexis Bloom, in terms of five years from now, 20 years from now, do you think the country will will in in the way that we view our our politicians and the way we we uh take in news the, the way we inform ourselves do you yeah. think roger ailes shadow will cast uh, will cast a that shadow far, yeah. that far five years I 20 mean, years from now i think that it's it's here to stay that sort of gladiatorial um politics you know gladiatorial news coverage I, I i hope that people start to realize that it is entertainment you know in the same way that you buy people magazine and it's not true you're like <gasps> brad and angelina they've got back together no he's dating jennifer Anderson. and you're like you know it's none of it none of it's true no it's not that nothing on fox is true it, it, there's some very good reporters i have to say chefs it's pretty pretty decent he's a very good you know, reporter i agree yeah so but you know the 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 late night people and the people who really are ginning up the outrage it's opinion it's 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 money making tv in the same way the way the judge judy is or something like that so you know you've got to take a step back and i hope that people don't use fox news as their only news source i think that's kind of calamitous and i and i and i hope that changes yeah. Well, there are consequences. You're, you're absolutely right. The power of Fox News, the power of these commentators, these entertainers, if you will, 
really have reshaped one of the two political parties in its in its in its own in its own um, likeness. Yeah, well, it's kind of like you don't know anymore which ones, you know, the tail that wags the dog yeah. because, you know, which one's the dog and which one's the tail because at this point, you know, the Trump administration and Fox are symbiotic in some way. They are. And I, I kind of don't, you don't know who's calling the shots. I mean, come the next election, you can be sure that Trump will be cap in hand to Fox because he'll need the coverage. But right now, you know, Fox needs him. They need the access. So it kind of switches. Well, look at how many people have come into his cabinet from Fox News, all the different yeah. sort of the commentators who have assumed uh, important positions in the Trump administration. I am of the belief that the Republican Party and our, our, and Fox News are essentially in a suicide pack at this point because <sighs> because... Fox News needs Trump as much as Trump needs Fox News. The Republicans and yeah. the current Republican Party has to go along with whatever Trump says, otherwise they'll be primaried. They're, that's yeah. why you hardly ever see anyone step up to challenge Trump. And all of that comes back to this enormously powerful media outlet, Fox News, which essentially parrots whatever, Fox, whatever Trump says, and Trump essentially parrots whatever the new line of political issues are from Fox News. So this symbiotic relationship... Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. do a thought experiment. I mean, yeah. next election, Paul, okay. Paul Ryan, yeah. you know, says, you know, he's running. You know, Fox could do a little shimmy-shimmy to the side and be like, well, you know, this is an interesting yes. proposition. Two great candidates. Yes. Um, you know, who will the people choose? And, you know, they, they as long as they don't go down with Fox right now, you know, and it challenges Fox, uh, Fox Trump, you know, in the next election, you know, they could, they could, they could reposition themselves. They could, and I think at the end of the day, they are about making money, and I think if they yeah. see that, that whoever it might be, Paul Ryan or someone else, comes along who is more suited to a kind of a economic model that they're trying to, um, trying to get to, I think that you're right. I yeah. think you will. I think you will. So, well, this is, I, I don't think I've said it enough, or I'll say it for sure now. It's a great documentary. It really is. And this is about one of the most important people in America. He was. He passed away last year, but he was among the most influential political figures of the last half century, really going back to Richard Nixon. And it's important for us to understand what made him who he is and where his influence is still to this day. And it's an important documentary, and congratulations to you on it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate the esteemed company I'm in as well, because I see you interviewed Frederick Wiseman not so long ago, who's a hero of mine, so I'm glad to be on. Well, well, to you as well. Congratulations okay. on your previous work, and um, okay. and I look forward to more. I think working okay. with working with Alex Gibney and such an esteemed group of people as well. Um, I look forward to more work from you, Alexis Bloom. Thank you so much for being here on Film School. Thank you so much for having me. All right, bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. 
Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.